Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Agreeable Gray Area podcast. As always, I'm your host, Elle, or Leandra, whatever you want to call me. Well, not whatever you want to call me. You can only pick from one of the two. I want to mention something that I failed to in, in you know, episode 11 about motivation. As you know, that I have a new audio interface, but I forgot to mention what it was called. <laughs> the audio interface that I have is the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2. It totally escaped me to mention it. You know, I was looking at it the entire time I was talking about my new equipment. And I just assumed that you guys knew what I was looking at. And, you know, that's partly y'all's fault for not being in my eyes. You should be in my eyes next time so you know what I'm looking at at all times. You know, you guys fail as an audience. That's your fault. I blame you. No. <laughs> I'm not sure what the 2i2 means. I know it's like two, it could do like two XLR inputs, which I, you know, mentioned last time how I'm planning on having guests on this season. But I saw some other Focusrite Scarlets, and there was like a 4i4, and, but it still looked like it only had the two XLR ports. So I'm like, I don't know what that means. But, you know, I'm not an audio interface inventor or, you know, manufacturer. So they clearly know what they're doing. And I hope you all know what that means, too, because if you're thinking about getting a different kind of audio interface definitely do your research or just have an awesome person in your podcasting corner. Like I have Gil, who I've mentioned, you know, several times on this podcast. And he told me to buy this. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I wish there was a, a deeper, you know, more thought out thing, but there wasn't. I knew that my audio could be improved. I know that audio is a very important thing, especially on a podcast, since that's kind of all it entails. So I wanted to improve my audio. And lo and behold, it has improved the audio. So thanks, Gil, for knowing more than me. So, you know, it stops me from doing hours upon hours of research. Because I'm sure I probably would have come to the same conclusion of getting a focus right Scarlet 2i2. So thanks. Thanks for being more experienced. So on today's episode, I wanted to talk about attention and attraction and like noticeability and how that's kind of, you know, shaped me throughout my life. I wanted to talk about this after the motivation episode because throughout that episode, I pretty much would talk about how, you know, I, I worked out to just be hot. So I wanted to talk about how, how, like what I've noticed in my life, how that's changed. Because, you know, like we're vaccinated now, we're outside now, we're seeing each other face to face. We're also interacting with people that we wouldn't really interact with before because we're going out and doing things. So as you all know, COVID-2020 shut down everything. We all went into lockdown. I was about like 185 pounds at that time. My mom was still living with me. I was very depressed. And the lockdown wasn't really helping that because, granted, I wasn't really like going out and doing things much. It was just the whole fact that I couldn't do that anymore that really put a damper on things. 
Like it's one thing to not do something because you just don't want to. And there's a whole other, you know, there's a whole other thing to not do something because you can't or you're not allowed to. You know, that that really, that really gets to you. So as you all know, one of the few things you could do is go outside and go for a walk, you know, socially distanced. So I would do that kind of often just to save whatever ounce of sanity that I still had left. While y'all were stuck at the beginning of 2020, I was stuck a year prior because my mom moved in. (laughs) So back in February 2019. So I was already feeling stuck in my brain, if that makes sense. I just felt like I had to be... I had to go back to being that daughter who did not give any trouble to her mother. And the best way to be that daughter is to stay out of the way, not, you know, not talk much, try to give as little trouble as possible, try to be as small and as unnoticeable as possible. If you go back to living with your parents or your parents move into your space, Or even if it's just the holidays, you tend to revert back to who you were when you were a teenager. No matter how old you are, no matter how many kids you may have, no matter how many doctorates you may have, no matter how many houses you may own, it doesn't matter. You are a teenager. And as I've mentioned before, you know, that was a a time where I was just very depressed and it was just a massive shock to the system because when my mom moved in, it was very sudden. It wasn't like two, three weeks or months planning. It was just, she called me while I was at work and she said, I'm moving in today. I'm leaving your father, I'm moving in today. And it just, you know, threw me for a whirlwind. At the time when my mom moved in, I was pretty heavy. I wasn't unhappy though. I wasn't happy either. I was definitely getting into a funk probably like two months, three months prior, I had told like this guy who I had feelings for for years, I had feelings for him. And of course he turned me down, sort of expected that, but it, you know, it still hurt. Something happened with my brothers. That was, you know, very crazy. It was absolutely insanity. Like what happened with them. And then, you know, like a month or so later, my mom moves in. So I didn't really have time to process all that. I was definitely on the verge of going into a massive downswing. And then my mom moves in and, and my mom's not the most positive person. When she moved in at the beginning of 2019, I had gotten myself a new job that, you know, had better benefits and you know, would provide more longevity because I couldn't have just continued working at the contracted job. You know, I had to get a quote-unquote real job. And the job is at a very popular company down here in South Florida. So I am pretty excited and also nervous, you know, starting this job, being the new person. And I just remember there were some mornings where I would be feeling good, getting ready, feeling good about myself, about how I looked. And then my mom would look at me and say that I had like a muffin top and I was looking really fat in the outfit and my hair was looking a mess and it just like would put a massive damper on me and then I would have to just go to work 
at this really great company where everybody's looking fantastic. And I would feel so self-conscious at work that I felt like I was reverting back to when I was a teenager, when I had like the lowest of low self-esteem. I felt like I was dressing terribly. I felt like I looked like shit. And I didn't know where these thoughts were really coming from. I didn't know where like these thoughts and these feelings of inadequacy was really coming from. And it was finally when I put two and two together and I realized that my mom would just, you know, fill my brain with these negative thoughts. And then I would just have to go to work and sit. And like my, my desk was like in the middle of the hallway and it was a busy hallway too. And so it was just very, it was very nerve wracking. It was very anxiety inducing. And I had to just do that every day. There were, of course, some days were better than others. It was just like, but like, it was just the whole thought of these feelings in my head that no, and like, no one can see that. Like, no one could see that I really just needed reassurance that I looked okay, that I was normal, that I was fine. Because, you know, my mom would constantly say things about my looks. But there's no way of, like, speaking to her about this because, A, you know, she was going through a separation, trying to get a divorce. So I couldn't really complain or consult with her about, you know, how I was feeling, how I was doing. So I was just keeping everything in. And with that, you know, definitely launched me into a very big depression that I did not know I was really in. When I say launch, it wasn't like I was catapulted into it. It was... It was like a slow slope that you sort of get used to at every single decline. It's like it's like in Naruto when Naruto left the village for like two years and he comes back and he sees um, Kiba's dog is massive. Like before Kiba's dog could just fit on his head and now like he rides the dog, I think. <laughs> When Naruto mentioned that to Kiba, Kiba didn't even like notice. He's like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess he did get pretty big. I didn't even notice because he's with the dog every day. So that sloping was kind of, you know, something I was going through every single day. So I didn't really notice just how bad I was feeling. And I just kept holding on to the fact that this was temporary. But, you know, it lasted for two and a half years, which is a very long time. <laughs> So to go back, it's COVID 2020. There's nothing really to do except, you know, go for walks. My mom is living with me. She's also staying at home for a bit. So she's, you know, at home cooking. So I'm eating like home cooked meals. And I started to like lose a little bit of weight because I'm not, you know, going out to lunch and eating two full like sushi rolls for this lunch special at this place near my job, which is still the lunch special and it's still awesome. I am also like not eating as much because I'm pretty much just eating whenever my mom eats. You know, like there would just be days when she'd be stressed out and busy and I was just sort of staying off to the side and not really trying to like do anything that's going to upset her and also do anything that's going to upset me because when she would talk to me, it would most likely just kind of get me upset because she barely had anything positive to say to me. I know I'm making her out to seem like she was like a negative Nancy, but she kind of was. Like, 
like I know, like I wish I could convey it nicer, but so that's kind of pretty much what I lived with for you know the two and a half years. <laughs> was it negative one hundred percent of the time? No. Was it negative more than fifty percent of the time? I would argue yes. I would argue yes. <laughs> I honestly do not care if she hears this. I would argue it was mostly negative, <laughs> at least on my end. So in 2021, I'm realizing that I'm going to be turning 30. And that's scary. For anyone who's ever turned 30, you realize that when you're 29, all you can think about is you're about to turn 30. So I was about to turn 30. And I was not looking how I wanted to look. By then, I had lost about... 10 to 15 pounds and you know I was sort of feeling myself because you know I've been like kind of walking a little bit more and stuff but I still wasn't where I wanted to be so I hired a personal trainer as you know I've spoken about Marcus and that's when I really started to like lose weight and you know kind of cut up and, and and things like that but that was pretty much my whole life I was still working from home all I would pretty much do is see my trainer and see my therapist. Those were like the only reasons I would pretty much leave my house. And, you know, of course, to go like grocery shopping. But, you know, for most of 2021, my mom was still living with me. So she was primarily doing the grocery shopping, you know, which, of course, I, I definitely appreciated. So if she's hearing this, thanks, mom. Sorry I said all those negative things about you. If you found them to be negative, they were true to me. <laughs> she doesn't like my sarcasm yeah so I'd lost you know a good amount of weight by the time I was 30 I still wasn't quite where I wanted to be you know I was pretty much just losing the weight and trying to get fit for my photo shoot and my photo shoot didn't happen until June of last year of 2022 so I was pretty much just focused on my routine of just doing the same things even after my mom moved out I was still just you know working from home eating better, going to the gym with my trainer, trying to work out when I could. I would occasionally go out and see friends. So like a few of my friends from work saw me and they were like, oh my God, you look great. I was like, oh yeah, thanks. But like, I still felt kind of the same inside prior to COVID. I still felt pretty, like I was feeling better, don't get me wrong. You know, I was definitely like not as depressed as I was, you know, at the beginning. But essentially, I still wasn't like where I am now. So one day, my therapist had me do an experiment. And I, you know, I love, I love doing experiments because it's, it, you know, like it, it's fun. Like, you, you know, I love doing things and seeing the results. So he told me to, when I go to the grocery store, to keep my head up and look to see who's looking at me. And I was like okay, I, I thought like no one would be like, I, I was like, okay, this is going to be easy. Like no one's going to like look at me because when I go to the grocery store, you know, I'm pretty much very like, I don't, I, you know, I don't really like look around. It's just like, I, you know, I'm coming in, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that and I'm going to leave because I don't like being out. <laughs> so he told me to like, you know, keep my head up and see who's looking at me. I was like, all right, whatever. I highly doubt anyone is. I mean, to my surprise, people were, you know, like people would just, you know, look at me, glance at me. A lot of the workers did, but I figured like they were just doing that because that's kind of their job to see if anybody needs help. But, you know, seeing the, like the other patrons, the other customers just, you know, kind of glancing at me, looking at me, 
some people would even like ask me questions like, oh, is this yogurt good? Because they would see me just go and grab a yogurt and then just keep it going. But one man actually asked me if the particular yogurt is good. And it was just kind of interesting that, you know, people noticed me because I just assumed that I was just kind of like unnoticeable. You know, so I went to a predominantly white elementary school. Middle school and high school, I was like in honors, advanced, AP classes. And those classes tend to be predominantly white. So I felt as though like I wasn't really noticed. Like because nobody, like no guy was really like interested in me, you know, like I had crushes on, you know, some of the white guys at my school and my classes, but I highly doubt they had crushes on me. It'd be totally dope if they would, you know, <laughs> like that would be the plot twist of a lifetime. But, you know, like, so I just kind of kept to myself. I didn't think anyone was really noticing me. It wasn't until college I realized that I was, you know, pretty attractive. And this is going to sound braggadocious, but whatever. It was essentially because none of the guys I, like, would hook up with or mess around with were out of shape. A lot of them had six-packs. You know, a lot of them were athletic, at least. But I, I just kind of sort of saw that as the norm, I didn't see that as special. I didn't see that as like me being like attractive or anything. It was like I always knew that I was like above attractive, like above average attractiveness. But I didn't really. It, I mean, there's it, a difference between knowing and believing something. <laughs> and I'll actually, I'll actually have an episode about knowing versus believing later. But it's one thing to know something, but it's another thing to like actually believe it and instill it within you. So. It didn't really matter. And I guess it's because I wasn't seeing the privilege of being attractive that I thought came with being attractive. Like, no guy really wanted to be my boyfriend. There was, like, this one guy who did. And honestly, I probably would have considered it if his home wasn't a massive fucking mess. Like, <laughs> it was... His home was just, like, absolutely disgusting. And, like, he lived with, like, some other guys. But I was like, I don't know how y'all live in this and y'all are just cool. Like, this is, this is absolutely disgusting. Like, it's not even, like, sanitary. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, I guess I didn't really... So I didn't have, like, any... What I thought were, like, the privileges. You know, like, I knew I couldn't date somebody like that. I, you know, I sort of just, you know, kind of believed like, you know, I guess I'm just going to be like a loner. I've had like I had friends. I still have, you know, amazing, great friends. But I, I guess I just never really felt like I fit in. I just always felt like I was just kind of doing my own thing because I was always I just always felt like alone. I always felt like a loner. Like Even now, like I, I still see aspects of that. You know, I'm like I'm creating a podcast and I don't really know why <laughs> i just kind of do my own thing so you know of course y'all thanks for listening <laughs> since my therapist had me do that experiment i found it pretty easy to not just be in my own head like it was definitely nice to throw a wrench into my previous belief that no one was noticing me it was in a way like refreshing like i was just telling this lie to myself that i had no proof on simply based on nothing like I can't I can't even really think that just 
my belief that I was a, lo a loner, that I was just unattractive, that I was kind of like an ugly duckling, when in reality, like, I wasn't. It was just the story that I told in my own head. So what I've noticed now that I'm more fit, more confident, I know more, you know, thanks to my therapist pretty much just throwing a wrench into a belief that I had that I didn't know was causing me so much uncertainty in terms of like where I fit in. I started to notice that people notice me a lot to the point that it's uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> I would be at the gas station and a guy across the street riding his bike will like wave at me. And I'm like, how did you, what, you don't even know what I look like, you know? <laughs> like, just from what he can see from far away, it was just enough for him to want to wave and get my attention. And like, yeah, okay, like, it's nice, but it's also just kind of like a little uh, discomforting. It's like, a, it's a little uncomfortable because one he probably wouldn't have if I was 30 pounds heavier. Maybe he would have. And also, like, I probably wouldn't have noticed him because I would have been so focused on just getting gas that I wouldn't have really thought to look around. Like, the moment I'm thinking of, this was, like, during the daytime, so I wasn't really, like, on high alert in case somebody was trying to, like, kidnap me or pull one over on me sort of thing. I also noticed that... You know, even at the gym, I get like, you know, a lot of heads turning and it's like, it's very flattering, but it's also kind of like, okay, I'm, you know, of course, like everybody is kind of just looking at everybody at the gym, so I can't really like be mad, but it could be kind of like a little unnerving because like the lie that I would tell myself, you know, my whole life that nobody really notices me now that I'm like aware that that's a lie that I was telling myself seeing the truth is hard to accept. <laughs> I don't know how this is coming off. I hope I'm not coming off as like, like braggy or anything. <laughs> it's just, it's just weird. Like, it's like, it's just, it's just very weird. I do want to mention when I was like right after college, so like 21, 22, I had lost a good amount of weight. I don't know how much I was before, but then I would do sprints every day I'd go for walks, and I'd lost a lot of weight. Also, I was, like, eating less. And I realized that people, you know, like, you know, people would just, like, talk to me and just be kind of friendly. And I remember the guy at the liquor store, he was like, I think he said, like, do I work out? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. And he was like, oh, because you have, like, the flattest stomach that I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, thank you. And then I ended up gaining the weight back. And, you know, with everything happening and then losing the weight again, it's it's like a lot different this time because I guess I have like the tools and the equipment in my mind to know like why this is the case of why people are noticing me and that I am actually like a member of society. <laughs> this sounds so weird. Since I've lost the weight, it's been kind of funny, like the interactions that I've had with my mom because now all she talks about is how skinny I am. Granted, she's gotten better, but like at the round, like around the beginning, I won't even say the beginning, it was, you know, a couple of months after she had moved out, 
And then, you know, like, so of course she wasn't seeing me every day, you know, like the whole Kiba story. <laughs> so, you know, so now that she saw me and I guess I'm still keeping up with it, like she would look at me like I was like a spectacle. And it was, uh, it was very off-putting. Nor like, so we would normally see each other at events, like family events. So, you know, she would always, so just to try to talk to me, try to converse with me, it'd just be about how I've lost weight, you know, how I'm looking so slim. And she's like, boy, I never seen you look so slim yet. And I was like, okay, mom, like, thanks. But like, this is, this is just getting annoying. And I remember I said something that like one of my family members kind of thought was genius. And, you know, like she's, she, she repeated it too, not necessarily to my mom, but you know, like I could just tell it was one of those things where she would definitely be saying that to other people. <laughs> like my mom just kept talking about how slim I look, how, you know, how, you know, like this and that, like it was, it was very weird. It was just very repetitive. And I was like, mom, stop talking about my weight. There are other things to talk about. And the family member agreed. She was like, yeah, there is other things to talk about. And it made me realize that this was just something that my mom would constantly talk about. It was, it was a bit of an eye-opening moment for me because when I was thinking back on when she was living with me, how, just how often she would talk about my looks. And it really aggravated me because I have all of these passions, these thoughts, these hobbies, these endeavors, these interests. And she never wanted to know about them. Like she had no interest. And it's just that now that I've lost weight, that I, I guess, look appealing in her eyes, appealing enough to smile and talk to me rather than critique and criticize and complain to me. It just kind of made me sad. Like there was just nothing. I don't know if it was my weight that made her not really want to get to know me, but it really drove home just how much looks weigh on my mom. Like, and it start, everything started to click. Everything started to make sense. She's very addicted to Instagram. I'm not, like, I feel like that's the understatement of the year. I don't know how to really convey just how addicted she is to this app. And the app is, like, what my therapist likes to call the second happiest place on earth. Because it's just everybody smiling, looking amazing. Everybody's showing the best of their lives. And it's all fake. It's all false. It's all just for, it's all to just show like pretentiousness and to show a life that you're not even living. I mean, y'all are familiar with Instagrams. Like if, if, I'm, if I'm spoiling anything about Instagram to y'all, then I wish I lived y'all's life. <laughs> but, that's, but that's Instagram. So like every time I would post something on Instagram, like less than an hour later, she would like say something. And she'd be like, oh, delete it. It looks bad. Oh, you should. And then she would like send me a picture of like something that she took of me. It's like, oh, you should post this and say blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, you use Instagram how you want to use it. Stop trying to push this type of vanity onto me. Like there were times when she would be like, oh, you know, you should put on makeup and take a selfie. 
It's like, why are you looking so sad? You should put, you should get dressed, put on makeup, and then, then, then take a selfie. Like that was her cure to everything. It's like, okay, let me just, I'm sad, but let me pretend that I'm happy for other people. It's weird, man. It's very weird. So a couple of months ago, I went to see my doctor. And the doctor that I usually see, like, no longer works at the at the place. So I ended up seeing, like, this other doctor. I was like, okay, whatever. And, like, she was really cool. You know, like, she was just, like, you know, asking questions, you know, I guess to kind of, like, distract me or, you know, just make the time go by or maybe she, you know, just being friendly. And, like, you know, she asked me, like, hey, do you have a husband? And I was like, nope. You know, she thought it was funny. She was just like, oh, do you have, like, a boyfriend or anything? I was like, nope, no, no, I'm single. And, like, I don't know how the topic came up. I think, like, she asked, like, if I work out, if I exercise. I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, you know, I do these things, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, you know, I see a trainer. And then she was like, oh, well, that must be, like, you know, good motivation for you because, like, you know, you know, your trainer is, you know, probably attractive. She said something like that. And I, and I remember saying, like, yeah, my trainer is very attractive because he is. I'm not trying to get with him, but I am also not blind. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> And it's like, I'm not going to lie. It is nice to be in the proximity of somebody who's very attractive. <laughs> like, you know, I feel kind of good if people think that this guy is my boyfriend. I am not going to deny that. You know, like, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, you know, I was like, why is she, why is she saying this though? <laughs> why is she saying like, like that must be motivation for me and, and things like that. And then um, she was like, oh, man, the next time I see you, you're going to look so good. And I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> Why is she saying all these things to me? <laughs> and then she goes like, oh, not like you don't already. It's just that, you know, with how you're working out, you're going to be like, you're going you know, to be so buff. You're going to be so fit. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, it was like a fun, normal interaction. But it was also kind of like, why do you want to know so much? <laughs> like, like, why do you want to know who I'm sleeping with so badly? <laughs> it's then that I realized I'm. Oh, you know, it's because it's because I'm attractive. It's because I'm, you know, I'm a good-looking chick. I'm pretty. And I forgot that, like, like people do treat you differently when you're pretty, when you're attractive. You know, it is it is a thing. It's definitely like you know there is definitely a pretty privilege. And because we were on lockdown for so long, because I was barely going anywhere for the past two years, that I feel like I just kind of walked out of the hyperbolic time chamber where I was, you know, exercising and eating right for like two years, but everybody else stayed the same because nobody else was in the hyperbolic time chamber with me. So I step out. I'm still the same person because I haven't really interacted with the outside world. So like when people see me, they're like, oh, my God, you lost so much weight. How did you do it? Oh, my goodness. Here's a seat. Come sit down. Hey, I want to get to know you. Hey, I want to talk to you. Like it's just been so long since guys have actually just come up to me and started talking to me. And it wasn't like necessarily because of COVID. It was even, you know, like 2018, 2019. I don't know. Dating had just gotten like super stagnant for me. And like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this was because of the quality of men. I don't know if it was just because of my depression that I didn't really know that I was in. 
because I don't really know how long I was in. I don't know how long I was depressed. It's more so that I don't, I just know how to deal with depression and I know how to deal with, I know how to deal with the stories that my brain tells me because my brain is an asshole and a filthy liar. So I need to rewrite the stories in my brain. For example, you know, the believing that no one notices me, that I'm just like this quiet chick who's like off in the corner. When in reality, I'm more of an extrovert and, you know, like, you know, like the lie that I was pretty much telling myself to just try to be like the quote unquote bigger person by not really trying to get into any trouble or anything. And it's like, it's like, you know, none of that was really me. It was just a story that I gave myself, the story that I told myself, because it's what gave me solace. It's what gave me understanding. And it was completely incorrect. I do believe that we get what we give out into the world. And I wasn't really giving anything out into the world. I was holding a lot of it in. And therefore, my world wasn't really changing around me. Now that I'm giving more out into the world, now that I'm, you know, doing more things, being more authentically myself, I'm a lot happier. I do feel as though I am getting more in return. I'm, you know, starting to recognize, you know, toxic people, people who don't uplift me, people who don't provide me, people who don't fill my cup, essentially. You know, I'm, I'm recognizing that more. And I'm getting rid of like those people in my life for just interacting with them less. And in turn, I've seen that I've been attracting better quality people or just better people in general. <laughs> so with that said, I unfortunately have to bring this podcast to an end. Thank you all so much for listening. Y'all have been great. I saw all of you nodding your head along. I am in your eyes, unlike y'all. Y'all aren't in my eyes because y'all failed at that. Y'all should have been in my eyes so you can see me looking at what y'all are looking at through your eyes. I'm kidding. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, don't take improv. You're going to just say some random ass shit. <laughs> like the craziest things are just going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> but yeah, of course, thank you all so much for listening. And I'm going to get an episode out sooner. I meant to record this last week. I apologize. But yeah, no, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. And I'll see you on the next one.